G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast. A bit of a disappointing weekend for the Adelaide Crows but uh, nonetheless we're here to talk all about it and without any further ado why don't we just crack straight into it shall we? Oops, g'day, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap. Uh, trying something a little bit new tonight, so uh, if there's any glitches, I apologise, but uh, we'll get through them together. Welcome to everyone who's on the chat tonight. Uh, we've got uh, our usual su- suspects there, Razor and uh, Vardy and uh, PJ Crows. Uh, tonight we are actually trying something new. Uh, for those people who uh, want to get around us uh, in real time, uh, JMac, g'day, Page of Motion, g'day on YouTube. Um, we're actually running um, uh, stages on Discord tonight. So for those that are in the live show chat, if you want to actually come in and have a say, um, then join the uh, weekend wrap stage. Hopefully that's visible to everybody. Um, and uh, Assuming we want to talk to you, we'll let you talk. <laughs> uh, Kempi, nothing on YouTube yet. Let me just uh, double check, mate. It looks all good. I've got four online there. Might be just a little bit of lag. Um, <laughs> thanks, mate. Uh, Maka, Nikki, how are you both? Um, disappointed with today, but we'll live. I, I'm not liking this little trend of we either get all three teams win or all three teams lose. Yeah. I, I was worried about the Frio game straight up. I actually thought that we were a little bit cooked and a little bit banged up. And when they named an unchanged 22 or 23 or 55 or however many they choose now, <laughs> I actually thought, gee, that's a bit optimistic by the club. And uh, I think it turned out that way. We just didn't have anything left in the last quarter, did we, Matt? Well, certainly we didn't. Certainly not. The midfield was where the problems were, and uh, yeah. they just took it out with ease. And, uh, yeah. and you know, they're hardened pros. that uh, They took it out, and not only did they take it out, they used it very well. And, you know, like Butts, I thought, played particularly well, but he couldn't stop those balls coming in like that. Oh, I think our defence in general played really well. Nick, how did you see it? Yeah, re- really love the work of all of the defenders mostly. There are a couple of little things that still need tweaking, but, you know, they're young. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, some of those passes in were just absolute perfection. There's nothing you can do as a defender to mm. defeat those at all. Um, and I hope that our team was actually watching it as to how that's how you pass to your forwards' advantage. That'd be nice. Yeah, good point, Nick, because um, there was a stark contrast in the last half of the last quarter. When we went forward, we were basically bombing it. And uh, when they went forward, they they had spread well and they could just pick out who they were going to pass it to. 
honestly think it just came down to legs, Mac. Um, we yeah. we didn't get the we didn't get field position sufficiently to um, to be able to chisel those little passes into forward fifty. We were we were attacking from fairly deep, um, so our forward fifty entries were pretty shallow and they were pretty high. And um, anyway, we can talk about that a little bit longer um, down the track. Um, now, as I mentioned, you people in bloody chat there, Discord chat, we are running, um, and I'd love for someone just to try it. You don't have to talk, but I'd love for someone just to pop into the weekend rap stage and uh, just see if they can uh, listen to what's being said in real time rather than through whatever cast you're going through. So, I don't know, uh, someone, Razor or J-Mac or PJ or someone... Just pop into the weekend rap stage and uh, let's just test it out because uh, I think uh, it'll be something interesting going forward. Right. Now... Well, they seem to be fighting each other not to get there at the moment. Yeah, it seems seems that way. Seems that way. But we'll get there. We'll get there. You lead a horse to water and all that sort of stuff. Hello. Somebody's there. There we go. Good old PJ. We've got Kempy and J-Mac in. G'day to you both. And Razor, now if if you want to speak, um, you just have to uh, click the little request button. Now someone someone's requested Kempy, Kempy. Uh, now how do I? There you go, Kempy, come on board, mate. How you going? There we go. Look at that. Kempy, oh, how yeah, you doing? Interactive. Myself by accident. I didn't realise I was going to have to speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have you don't have to, mate. But uh, thanks for saying hello. Uh, thanks for saying hello. And uh, um, can you actually hear the voice um, on, uh, like when you're in the in the stadium channel? Uh, oh, stand by. God, you're going to make me do technical stuff. Nah, it doesn't matter. It's all good. It's all good. Anyway, thanks, mate. <laughs> So you're on the level with Macca then? Stadium <laughs> chat. Nikki, you'll pay for that. <laughs> yeah, I can hear it. There you go. Look at that. PJ, if you look down the channel list, you'll see Weekend Rap Stage. Uh, if you click on that, you'll uh, you'll be able to join. And Ray reckons it's pretty clear. All right, now, how do I get rid of you, Kempy? Because I've had enough of you now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll move you to the audience. Thanks, mate. There you go. So that's an example of the type of interaction that you're going to be getting from the weekend wrap from now on. It's just uh, extremely uh, cutting edge. And here's PJ Crows joined in. So at any stage during the conversation, if you want to have something to say about what we're saying, click on the little um, the hand up. You put your hand up there like you're in school. <laughs> <laughs> Put your hand up like you're and, in school. And if, anybody's, and if anybody's been working from home and doing Zoom meetings, they should be very familiar with the hand up. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So anyway, look, we should probably get on with it, eh? So let's have a look now that I've uh, completely disorganised myself. Uh, where am I? <laughs> do we need to do the ladder? No, no, Nick, not first. We've got to do the games first. Here we go. Let's do the game. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So Please we had... Let, let's just smash into this. So Thursday night, uh, we had St Kilda and Richmond. Richmond absolutely shellacking 
a disappointing St Kilda. 134 to 48, a margin of 86 points. Showed St Kilda are going to be a long way off. Everybody thought they were going to be uh, right up there. But the other thing I do do want to talk about that one is uh, the defected got a lot of the ball, but he uh, burned it like he always did with us. Yeah. Now, you may have forgotten, Mac, but we're zipping through the rounds now because uh, we don't care about the round. (laughs) No, I just just wanted to have a crack at him. That was all. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, Accepted. Um, Friday night, we had West Coast and Collingwood. Uh, West Coast pulling away in the end uh, by 27 points, 103 to 76. Uh, Collingwood uh, gallant for much of the game, but uh, didn't have the class, I don't think, to pull it off in the end. Uh, Full house crowd. Yes. uh, Saturday, the Bulldogs slaughtered Gold Coast. Uh, Bulldogs looking extremely good at the moment. 118 to 56, margin there of 62. That midfield could take them to the premiership. It could, could, Mac. It really could. I agree with you. Um, The Giants. The Giants just finding a way to win at the moment. The last couple won by two points over the informed Sydney Swans, 71 to 69. Uh, The Lions... Mac, what are you Sorry. doing? I was going to say about the GWS, it was just sheer effort. And that's where we, I would have loved to see that same effort by us today. Uh, the Lions um, <laughs> beating Essendon, uh, just while Nicky explains to Mac what uh, we're not commenting on the round means, uh, the Lions 102 to 45, a margin there of 57 points. Uh, Port Adelaide 96 to 68 over Carlton, a margin there of 28. Carlton not looking terribly convincing. Uh, today, apart from our game, we had uh, Melbourne giving Hawthorne a bit of a touch-up, 104 to 54, a margin there of 50 points, and the Cats after a sluggish start, 77 to 47 over North Melbourne, a margin there of 30 points. Right, so Mac, have a quick say just while we're talking. Just have a quick say, mate. So do I have to put my hand up first, or something like that? can if you want, but I'm not going to see it. Okay. No, I just, All right, I Max spat uh, the dummy, so we'll just move on uh, and we'll go to well, the to ladder. And you took right, right over me. We've got Western Bulldogs and Melbourne and... Well, Western Bulldogs and Melbourne on top of 20 points. Uh, Sydney, Port Adelaide uh, coming up at 16 points. Richmond... West Coast, Adelaide and Geelong rounding out the eight on 12 points. we got Frio also on 12, just out of the eight. Lions, Carlton, GWS, St Kilda on eight points. Essendon, Gold Coast, Collingwood, Hawthorne on four. And North Melbourne may never win a game again. So, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, how long are they going <laughs> to... How long are they going to stay in the bloody competition? Are they going to have a chance to ever win a game again? I don't know. Anyway. Um, right. So that was the tail of the tape. And uh, we may as well just move on to our game now, shall we? So I'll just click it along here. Now, Mac, are you still salty or are you right now? No, I'm okay, but it just pissed me off because every, every time I was trying to talk, and you were talking over me saying I was sulky. I was trying to talk. <laughs> well, see, we decided a couple of weeks ago, remember, Mac, that we were just going to whiz through the round. I'm sorry to say, just I was only given one liners, but I apologise for that, obviously. Thank you, mate. Thanks. That's great. 
All right, round five, Adelaide v Crows. Disappointing in the end, Frio 12-12-84 to Adelaide 11-6-72. A margin there by 12 points in the end. Probably flattered us a little bit, I think. Uh, you can see there from the scoring worm, uh, they certainly pulled away from us uh, through the back end of that last quarter. Um, just your um, your initial thoughts, Matt, on the game. Well, I thought the way we, we started, we were, we, play, we were trying to play the type of football that we have been playing uh, for several weeks now. And, uh, I, you know, I could see that we're up against a pretty good opposition who had a pretty good game plan as well. And we did, we were winning the midfield in the first half and that put it, gave us a slight edge uh, by half time. Uh, in the second half, uh, they gradually wore us down. I think one of the factors in that was that uh, Riley O'Brien, he does very well when he's against a big bulky ruckman. They put Lob in there after half time, yeah. uh, quite a, uh, a lot of the time in the ruck. And he had a lot of trouble with people like uh, Wits, and in, in this case, Lob with their long arms because yep. he can, because he's not a great jumper off the ground. So he's a good bodier, but not a great jumper. And that uh, gave. Frio, the first uses of the use of the ball, and as we said, uh, we you know we still fought it out very well, and uh, our backline in general fought out very well. Uh, but in that last eight minutes of the game, there was some beautiful passes coming in that nobody could could possibly oh, stop. Yeah. Nobody, yeah, yeah. And, and really, that was the difference in the game is that that uh, if you look at our midfield and line it up against their midfield, uh, the quality of our midfield. We don't have a five, and uh, what's the other bloke that's been around since 100 years, but he goes so well? Um, Monday. 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 Monday in particular, he just carved us up in that last quarter, uh, even more so than five. And uh, the younger boys are there. He's got in on, on the act as well. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I thought our defence was very good at fought and fought, but you just can't stop the ball coming in like that. And uh, uh, I do think we've got to have a few changes because I think, we were relying far too much just on Walker up forward. Uh, Frampton's, to me, is not going to be the answer. He's just not going to be the answer. He just doesn't take the marks that he should, or when he does, he doesn't kick the goals that he should. But uh, in general, I thought we tried hard, but we just weren't quite good enough. Our midfield Nick, in particular was a bit weak. Nick, what do you reckon? I think Mac has come pretty close to a lot of the issues yeah. um, that were going on. And I, I actually thought that our game plan was also to stifle their run and because that's the way they score generally mm-hmm. is to get that breakaway. And we did that really well, which is why it was such in close. But when Lady hurt his shoulder and went off and he was getting assessed, the other guys who came into the midfield just didn't bottle it in so that they could get that quick run out and they just got those two quick shots on goals. Um, and it was really noticeable that, Lady was actually quite instrumental in being able to really keep that contested midfield up and going. Um, it's And it was also there was that delivery into the forward line. And, and now we slowed down their run, but they also slowed down our run. Um, yeah. And it was who was going to work their way best through it. And they were better at it longer. Yeah. I agree with all of that. I think, Mac, you are right. I think we... We look vulnerable in the midfield um, from selection, um, and uh, we'll have a look at selection now. Actually, um, while I'm prattling on about it, but um, we just we didn't look like we had the the um, 
the firepower. Whoops, I've gone a bit too far. There we go. We didn't have the firepower to um, withstand their midfield strength, and it was always going to be about whether we could nullify their midfield enough. Um, and it looked, even from very early on, even though we are in the game for long periods, even from early on, it looked like it was going to be difficult for us. Yeah, I can't argue with that. There's a question that uh, somebody's raised in the in the chat, and that's Hately. What's the story with Hately? He never he didn't play in the in the sample, did he? Um, I don't know actually. Nick, do you know? Uh, was he one of the 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 four or something we had to keep we kept out because they there were the um, fitness uh, tests? Yeah, righto. Um, I I still have a bit of problem with him in the even in the SNFL he does mm. not take the first option and just hangs on it too long and gets in trouble. Mm. He's really got to go for that first option, otherwise yeah. I don't think he will make it. Look, there are a few um, there are a few issues. I I'm not a fan when we're in a rebuilding phase of picking injured players, Mac. And uh, yep. Tex had his calf. Um, obviously, Tommy Lynch had his calf. Um, uh, Jake Kelly looked a bit limited in his movement as well. Unfortunately, um, Gallant, uh, it was Gallant, wasn't it? That What has he done, a finger or something or other? Yeah, it out, was a finger, yeah. Out for six, so uh, that was a shame. But we had a couple that's in a long, there. That, that's a long finger. Yeah, it's a mangled finger. Um, but there were opportunities for other to bring other players in, and I just feel like it's a mistake from the team. I don't mind Nixie coaching to win on game day, but I think it's a mistake for selection to pick injured players. And they are going to ruin Texas season if they start playing him injured. And I don't care whether Tex says he wants to play. This selection committee needs to stand up and say, Tex, you're not right. Um, you're going to have a rest. Now, PJ wants to have a, something to say. So, PJ, I'm going to invite you to speak. I think you have to click something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have to click something there, Pedro. Like <laughs> Drum rolls. <laughs> nah. Anyway, you are you have got access, PJ. You just got to uh, find where you got to. Well, you got to. Uh, there you go. He's in. How you going, mate? You just muted, I think. Yeah. There you Bring go. Now. There you go. How you going? Hey. Guys, how are we? Good, mate. Long good. Time no chat. Yeah, been a few years, I think. How good's this, though? Just in- interactive, like. Five double eight. <laughs> what do you think about selection, PJ? Um, I was a bit worried. I was a bit worried before the game, anyway. In general, um, I think today's game was sort of coming. It was either gonna, it was either going to be last week or next week in Tassie. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we needed we needed another mid. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, we felt like felt like we were a, mid, a midfielder short. Um, I think as soon as Laird went off, sort of the structure fell apart. Yeah, correct. You're correct, mate. Yeah, I agree. Um, and we don't really... I mean, Luke Pedler's going to come in at some stage, but he's a rookie, obviously. Um, Jackson Haitley should be around the mark, but as Nicky said, he's not exactly setting, setting the world on fire at the moment. 
Um, and after that, the cupboard's a little bit bare. I mean, we've got the Darcy Fogarty experiment. I thought he wasn't our, our worst today, um, but I still don't think he's the answer in the midfield. Um, and with Tex injured, I think Darcy needs to go forward and give Tex a rest and maybe bring uh, the Berg in, who had a big SANFL game by all reports, about 10 contested grabs, apparently. Um, so, yeah, PJ, I, I agree with Bergen you. Berg in this week. Well, I would have too, Nick. Um, so, uh, again, if we just run through selections, um, uh, it was mainly covering injured players that I was concerned about. I didn't think we needed to make any unforced changes um, because of the injured players. Um, but, uh, you know, Tex wasn't right. Uh, Tommy Lynch was ineffective. Um, so, And that really cost us because, as we said a few minutes ago... Um, our forward entries were quite, were coming from quite deep and a lot of that was because we just weren't linking up at half forward. Just a question for you, PJ. Who would you have brought in and into the mids? I would have played Haightley. Yeah. Well, I think we would have been better than what we did because you, you were dead right. Yeah. We were dead set midfielder short and, and it just, in the end, cost us the game, in my opinion. Yeah, I think um, I would have brought Haightley in and I think, like, I'm not as... Not as negative on Lynch as everybody else seems to be, but doesn't look fit. Um, I'd be having Haightley in and pushing Fogarty out of the midfield into more of that um, Lynch-type role. Also need to see what Haightley can do. Yeah, 100%. We have, have to do something about it because it is a light on midfield. I mean, without Sloan there. and I mean, when, you take, when you're without a Sloan and you're putting in an, ex, an experimental mid, which Fog, Fogarty is, You've just got to be down the tubes by quite a considerable amount, and and it just showed up, as you said. You know, when Lady wasn't there, then when Lady, because he can win, really win a hard ball, um, and Pedler, And the other thing I just wanted to say about uh, Berry, he was he was credited with bugger all tackles. I saw him do three or four tackles, and uh, and he, he, I think they put him down for one for the for the whole game. Yep, he's he's high pressure, but they don't they don't all count as tackles. No, I thought okay. our pressure overall was good. Um, and thanks, PJ. I'll just shift you back to the audience now. But uh, if you've got something else to say later on, uh, feel free to stick your hand up again. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 just, just on Barry, um, I actually thought there were some of the things he did. There were some really nice little once again. And um, we're seeing those little bits of the cameos mm. coming through of, of what he's going to bring. And it's not just that pressure. There was some really nice Lincoln run that um, he was trying to get involved with. But my problem was that we were so stagnant coming out of defence because at the ground, nobody was moving. They just were all in their spot and they all just kind of stood there. And you could actually see, I know it was in the last quarter at one stage, when Seisman on the members' wing had the ball. We'd done a great little overlap run. And you could see him actually signalling so yep. Frampton, move forward. And Frampton's just like, whoa, and just kind of standing there. It's like, and then he had to go back and then back to him. And, of course, it resulted in turnover. And that's nothing actually on Seisman. It's on the fact that the forwards just weren't presenting enough. They were waiting for somebody else to do things sometimes. Totally agree with you, Nikki. Uh, I made the point about how I thought Fremantle in particular, they spread very well in that last half of the last quarter, whereas we were more congregated and uh, not making uh, leads out into open space. I mean, if we'd, uh, 
if all our forwards had kept out wide, it would have just made it so much easier for players to lead into. But uh, as you said, Seaman, he was just looking for somebody making a lead and there was no one leading. Yeah, uh, we were stagnant, full stop, end of story, really. Um, and I think, again, I think that's that's just we ran out of legs. Anyway, look, let's um, run through some head-to-head stats, shall we? And let's have a look at some stats. Oh, where's the stats? I don't know um, where you put them. Here we are. Um, Adelaide. Right. Sorry, just sorting this out. So Benny Keys had... Uh, sorry, I'm just... I need to go through the head-to-head stats first. If I can find the damn things. Where are they? Which folder have you put them in? No, no, no. Just it's... Um... Just while you're looking, you mentioned Ben Keys. Um, if everybody tried 100% as hard as that, boat, we wouldn't lose too many games. And, look, the only flaw in his particular game is his disposal is not, not always 100%. But the one thing that is 100% is his effort to get the ball. I mean, he's just, he will, he will die to get the ball. I mean, I'm a mm. lot of admi- admiration for Keys, and I reckon he's added a lot to our midfield. Yeah, I don't he's disagree, been, Mac. He's, he's been, I want him to be a little bit more proactive, though, and I, I think when they got the run on last week, and also it was the case again this week, he tends to go a little bit missing. So he has to just kind of get a little bit more proactive. Yeah. And and that's just him taking that next step. Yeah. All right. So I've finally found where I'm looking. Um, so uh, head-to-head, uh, 374 to 359 disposals. Uh, we went at our – we handballed a little bit more than usual, uh, 161 to uh, handballs to 213 kicks. Um, Frio, a little bit more kick to handball than us. Uh, inside 50s were even 55 to 54 disposal efficiency was dead even at 74 percent each uh, but that efficiency inside 50 stat there 36 percent we had 26 20 shots from 55 inside 50s Frio had 25 shots from 54 inside 50s one by two goals so that was quite telling and I think Maka that backs up what you were saying earlier regarding um, the the manner in which we were going into the forward fifty compared to Fremantle. Yeah, and sadly so. I mean, sadly so. Yeah, free kicks were even uh, around the stoppages. Um, um, thirty seven <laughs> to thirty nine hitouts uh, clearances uh, we lost forty two to thirty five. Uh, although we won, that really surprises me. Sixteen to nine centre clearances. I actually think a lot of those were in the first three quarters. I reckon, from memory, they really pulled away in the last quarter with centre clearances. Um, but around yeah, the ground, yeah, hundred percent right there, Fee. Yeah, um, around the ground stoppage clearances thirty three to nineteen. So we got absolutely towed up around stoppage. Um, 152 uh, contested possessions to 139 by us, so we lost that stat um, pretty convincingly. We had more uncontested possession, um, as you'd expect with the disposal numbers. Uh, Again, turnovers, 71 to 63. Um, And you can see there that um, uh, the the heat map for possession, um, and I'll just flick through the quarters, um, but you can see there overall how much of the game was played in our defensive 50, that big red zone there 
um, compared to Fremantle, who was who were able to get field position uh, a lot more often. Um, and you can see, look, in the first quarter there, we had the ball on our terms pretty much. We played a lot through the midfield, and Fremantle were uh, were playing in their defensive half. Uh, but that all changed around in the second, um, and uh, we started to get pushed back, and Frio really pressed. Um, and it kind of remained that way for the remainder of the game. And if you have a look at the last quarter, uh, the last quarter uh, we hardly got it into forward 50 at all. What's that? One, two, three, four... Probably only about 10 to 12 possessions in our forward 50 in the last quarter. So, uh, yeah, they, they outpossessed us. They had 44% time in possession for the match. Um, and uh, really in the last 10 minutes it showed there they had 36% time in possession compared to 21. Marks 102 to 94, although I didn't think we were too bad aerially, but they, they did take some telling marks in the last quarter. Um, yeah. And it showed marks inside 50, 14 to 9 in favour of Fremantle. Contested marks 18 to 13 in favour of Fremantle. It was quite interesting because I don't know how it looked to you guys, but to me it actually looked as if we were a little small compared to them. They seemed to have more tall options. Uh, only in the right spots, Fane. Um, like they're, they're, the guy up at full forward, he, he's pretty tall. Um, yeah. And then he played, played his skin off. He doesn't normally play that well. Um, Taverner. And Lobber. And, yeah, Taverner. Uh, Lobber and Lob, you know, he, uh, he he is tall, Lob, and he's got very long arms. Um, and also their other up, they, they kept him on the ground as well. That would have given that impression of height that, because the, those three blokes in particular cause us a little bit of angst because, with, with their size. Yeah. It just felt like, I don't know about you, Nick, but it felt to me like there were lots of occasions where we seemed to have uh, be caught on the short end of a mismatch. Yeah, they they worked they worked hard to do that, um, if you're watching from the ground. And they they very much, they also in the defence, they were trying to keep Jude from being loose man. And I think that's why they were always putting in, making sure they had like one of those other tools down there because he had to be accountable on on them. Yeah, very good point, Nick, because uh, they he did play very well, I thought, in spite of all that, but they did give him a lot of attention. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah, they certainly did. Um, uh, Frio spent the majority of the time uh, during the game in front, although we obviously had plenty of chances. Um, our... Defensively, our tackles were up fifty-one to fifty-seven, so not much difference there. Tackles inside fifty was good, eight to two, so the smalls certainly lifted their game over the previous week. One um, percent is fairly even. Interchanges were fairly even. So, look, I don't think the stats, in terms of the head-to-head stats, I think the the aerial work um, shows a bit of a, a difference there. I think. Uh, they certainly took some telling marks. But just those heat maps, uh, Nikki and Macca, um, just show how where the game was played and how much uh, we asked of our defence in terms of keeping ourselves in the game because the ball spent a heck of a lot of time in our D50. Yeah. yeah, yeah Matt, well, there was a massive pressure on our defence non-stop. And, uh, and that's why, for example, like Butts has had four goals kicked on him, but I thought he played very, very well. Well, I agree with that. 
Yeah, just 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 because of the sheer volume of ball coming in there, and then the what the goals that uh, Tavener kicked on him, they were from balls that were beautifully placed. And yeah, uh, the other and the smaller players had done the right thing and, and led their opponents out, which meant that Tavener was just leading into open space, and uh, you can't stop that. No, that's right, that's right. I, I agree with you. I thought Geordie did pretty well, um, uh, all things considered. Um, but it was a bit of a, a bit of a torrent towards the end. Now, just putting on the screen here, just for people that might have joined us later, or they're just, you know, they're just maybe a little bit shy, Macca, like you, a little bit shy. Um, but if you're on Discord and you're in the chat, come into the weekend wrap stage. You don't have to talk, um, but uh, if you've got something to say, um, you can join us as Kempy and PJ have at the moment, and certainly uh, any of you blokes, uh, Tommy and J Mac and Razor and PJ and Maddie, if you've uh, if you've got any comments about uh, those uh, head-to-head stats, then stick your hand up and we'll have you on. Um, I guess we should move on to some uh, individual stats. What do you reckon? No problem. Benny Keys uh, was our leading disposal getter with 31, uh, 17 kicks, 14 handballs. Um, as you mentioned, Macca does not stop trying. Um, he had... Um, oh, where's he gone? Where are you, Benny? Um, two clearances, five inside 50s, 267 metres gained, uh, 89% time on ground. Actually... I think Ben's actually been a little bit down over the last couple of weeks. He'll never be down on effort, ever, ever will he be down on effort. But I just don't think he's quite his uh, uh, tenacious self. Would that be a reasonable well, I thought, comment? I thought, no, I thought he tried pretty hard today. I don't know. Effort with me would not be the thing that you would uh, criticise Keith for. Oh, God, no. Uh, but it... it, it it's, it's once he's got the ball, um, it, but because he hasn't got uh, extreme pace either, often when he's, uh, you know, really fought like hell to get the ball, he's under real pressure when he's got it to dispose of it as well. Yeah, yeah. But he, he hasn't got that zoom to, to pull away, so he's really often kicking under pressure. And uh, so I don't know what his efficiency was with the ball, but I wouldn't think it'd be very extremely high. That's the, the one criticism of his game. Um, in time, that may improve, but at this stage... Um, he's a really, really good ball getter. He tries his hardest to do something with it, but you know, he, he, as he said, he, he's often under pressure when he kicks it, and that's why he, I think his efficiency would be down a bit. Yeah, look, and I've just clicked through his uh, disposal stats there, quarter by quarter, and what it shows is a consistency in, of effort over the four quarters. And one thing that we know about Ben is his uh, level of fitness, and he certainly was still running um, at the back end of the game. Uh, if we have a look at his uh, Telstra tracker there, you can see he got a fair amount of position all over the ground, concentrated a little bit across half-back, but really um, good output all over the ground, uh, 76% in the back half, um, 10 contested possessions, when at 61% disposal efficiency, Macca. So um, that answers that question, and that's probably reflects what we saw with a naked eye. Yeah, but it's about 10% off what what an AFL player should be doing, really. Yep, yep, I'd say that's right. Um, 10 contested positions, as I said, 19 uncontested, four turnovers, 
uh, three intercept possessions, kicked a point that should have been a goal. That's one of his big uh, big points. Uh, score involvements were down, and I think again, uh, I think we'll see this with a lot of our midfielders, and I think that's because there was just a lot of fluffing around through the back half and through the back half of the uh, of the midfield there without a lot of penetration going forward. So a lot of our transition uh, was cut off or broken down across that centre sort of high half-forward area. Uh, Mark Spenny-Keys had four um, uncontested marks, 23 pressure acts. He was on the ground for the majority of the match, 267 metres gained, as I mentioned. Um, Only the one tackle from Ben, which is a little bit low from him, Five inside 50s and one rebound 50. So, look, you know, uh, you get what you get from Ben and what you get is always effort. And uh, I think uh, those stats there show a consistency of effort, maybe without the impact that you would like. Would that be fair? Yeah, I totally agree with that. If we could just really sharpen up that efficiency, uh, he'd be a very, very good player. Yep. Uh, Nick, how'd you see uh, Rory's game, Lady? He was he was very much uh, once again that in and under. Um, was he? He was our leading clearance getter, wasn't he? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, let's just run through his match stats, and then we'll have a bit of a chat about him. So, twenty nine disposals, eleven kicks, and eighteen handballs. Again, quite consistent over the four quarters. Uh, seven disposals in each of the first two quarters, uh, nine in the third, and uh, kept on running six in the last. Even though he came, he came off with an injury, was that in the third quarter? I think. Yeah, in the third, uh, it looked like mm. a shoulder. Yeah. So he went um, back. He went back on again after about five minutes. So yeah, he did. But uh, I reckon he was yeah. probably a little yeah. bit sore. Yep. And they've got their tails up. Yep. Uh, again, his tracker shows that he was uh, all over the place. Uh, a fair, fair amount of work in the middle, um, but uh, possessions all over the ground. Uh, 15 contested possessions went at 69 disposal efficiency. Um, 15 contested, 15 uncontested, 7 turnovers though, which is not great, but again, reflective of how the game played out. Uh, five score involvements, uh, four marks, all uncontested. Uh, 15 pressure acts, um, spent a bit of time off the ground, as we said. And, you know, probably the knock, although he was playing quite inside, 194 metres gained, um, so six centre clearances, but only one around stoppage. So seven tackles, though. Um, three inside 50s, two rebound 50s. So, you know, I think, we're gonna, as I said, I think when we look through these stats, I think what we're going to see is a lot of hard work for not much reward from most of our midfielders. Well, and yeah, and that that was my issue with Lady's game um, was when we were struggling to get it through the middle. Uh, he's more that senior midfielder with Sloney being out, and he just needed to do a little bit more. Unfortunately, when he was getting it, it was often that under pressure and those high dolly kicks were happening. To be fair, on both sides, oh, there were a lot of those those kicks happened. It was like, we didn't need rainmakers today, thank you. No. Matt, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, I thought, uh, you know, when Leedy, at least uh, when Leedy is free, he does use the ball very well. 
Yeah. Uh, and when, uh, when he's under pressure, well, you know, most people find it very, very, very hard to find a man. But no, I, I think Leddy's uh, efficiency, Nick, is, is reasonably good. At least he, he worked very, very hard to get the ball. And he does think about what he's trying to do with the ball. He does. But in order to win these types of games, we need him to take that little bit step further. When he's under that pressure, he's got to work a bit harder on getting those better deliveries to happen. Yeah. Well, I don't think he was a cause of our loss today. I thought he... I thought oh, he God, Probably our second best player. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't think Nikki's saying oh, that. Yeah. I'm just saying that. I think what Nick's saying, and I agree with her, is that none of our midfielders really got value for possessions, Mac. No, I, well, that's true, and, uh, and and that was probably all credit to Frio as well, though, because I thought yeah. their, their midfield did put a lot of pressure on us. Yep, hundred um, percent. Seisman had 28 touches, so uh, and was pretty prominent, I thought, uh, for the game. 20, 13 kicks, 15 handballs. Eight marks and a tackle, kicked a goal as well. Um, did quite a lot of work um, through the back half and running a transition. Um, uh, let's have a look here. 20 uncontested well, he positions. Said, I think he's had three good games in a row. He's certainly playing in good form at the moment and we need him to because otherwise Brody Smith is too easy to shut down. If Seisman's not playing well, then they can sit on Brody and we get no run whatsoever. Having said that, I didn't think we were getting a lot of run from our back half anyway, as you guys pointed out before. Um, Seisman, eight marks, all uncontested, 10 pressure acts, uh, 459 metres gained, um, three stoppage clearances, uh, only the one tackled, seven rebound 50s though, so that was certainly his role. I just... What I... What I would say about Seeds is so that he's a bit bit one-dimensional with his disposal. There was a lot of down the line from uh, Seedsman, and not a lot of uh, not a lot of creative disposal, if you ask me. Well, that that is true. But in fairness to Seeds, I'm going to criticise him a little bit later. But on this particular issue, uh, a lot of times he had the ball and he's looking for someone to make a lead, and there weren't any. Well, that's so, true enough. And it makes it very, very hard when you've broken when you've broken out in the open. You've got and you really should be somewhere to just to stick it on their chest, and there is nobody yep. doing it. Yep. Yep. No, the one, that's true. And you my, could see you could see that he wasn't just always looking down the line. He, he often that first instinct was actually to look to the middle, and there's nothing there. Yeah, I, th- I thought he played very well today. There's one weakness in his game, and uh, uh, I think you. Are you, you when you were saying his stats there, uh, Fiend, you actually yeah. confirmed it. Um, look, he he's a much of a, he, uh, even though he might earn a ball, he's a receiver. He's always only earning the balls that he should get or can get in the open. He's I remember the reason why he didn't get played with Collingwood because he was actually playing quite well, but he didn't contest a hard ball and one that he should have contested. And Buckley took him straight off the ground, and he never came back on the on the ground. That was in the second quarter, and he never played for Collingwood again. And that's the one weakness in his game that I I think he tried very he does try very hard, but he doesn't earn too many hard balls. That's just my one criticism of him. Does every player in your team have to earn hard balls? And I'd like to put that to the to the blokes listening. Uh, if anyone's got an opinion on that, does every what? player? I mean, I think it's 
every player needs to go when it's their turn to go. I agree with you on that one. But I have no problems at all at having outside players as long as they're effective. Um, we had well, Rory Atkins play, and the problem with Rory was that he was ineffective um, for you know the best part of the last two seasons that he was with us. Um, but when Atkins was on fire and uh, up and about and got a bit of space to work, uh, you know, he was instrumental in, in a lot of Ford 54-0s. And Seasman's much the same. I think the problem with Seas is that when he plays down back, he's a little bit like Jake Kelly. I don't think he, I don't think he likes pulling the trigger on the, uh, on the diagonals. So he would much rather just use his kick and go straight down the line. Mm. Mm. But no, look, if, look, get me, get me wrong. He was in my best players, but mm. uh, I just thought there was probably maybe only one or two occasions where he could have gone in harder for the ball. Um, it's been pointed out that he did he did win uh, eight contested balls, so that's a pretty good effort. And I'm probably being nitpicky uh, by making that point, only because I'm very conscious of what happened with him at Collingwood, and uh, I always watch his game to make sure that. But he is, and look, he could be well playing to uh, his coach's instructions because he has got a deadly leg on him as well. So, uh, and you know, he, he does get, uh, well. he can ca- carry the ball and he can also uh, gain a lot of metres. So he, he may well be just playing to instructions. Well, the, and, and that, um, the Colling- sorry, that Collingwood criticism confused me because I remember watching the first game he ever played for us and he went in and, and actually got a couple of hard balls and I'm just like, but we were told he can't do that, that he no, never no. does it. No, I mean, no, no, no. It wasn't that he never did it, Nicky. It was that he sometimes he chose not to. That was it. Just mm. on isolated occasions, which may well lose you the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, is that uh, there's a there's a decent coach called Clarkson who didn't mind outside runners. I mean, he had Isaac Smith in his team during his premiership years, and then he saw fit to give Ricky Henderson about 100 games, too. So... Good you know, <laughs> you know there are there are uses for those players. I mean, Henderson is a very similar player to Seedsman in that respect, and it's quite ironic that we got rid of one and put in you know his clone. Basically, in fact, you'd probably say that uh, Henderson is quicker over the ground than Seedsman. Um, it's a matter of using them correctly and having the balance of your team right to be able to use them correctly. And even in the back end of his career, you know, Geelong have found a use for um, Isaac Smith and I think his them picking him up was actually a really good pick up for them um, because they, they didn't really have that kind of a player so yeah I'm not dirty on Seedsman uh, for like as long as he doesn't shirk if he starts shirking then he then he goes in the Rory Atkins basket but uh, as long as he uses the ball uh, when he has the ball to our advantage rather than just bailing out and going along that's what I don't like you know, the incident that happened to Colin wasn't so well shirking. It was just not making an effort when he could have made an effort and yeah. stopped the other player. Yeah. And he does that. He has that hangdog look about him, doesn't he, Seeds? Mm. He's got resting, I don't give a shit face. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, it's true. But he's an exciting player once he's got the ball. No oh, doubt about that. 100%. 100%. Um, anyway, uh, who else? Uh, Smithers, I think, did a right... Uh, 27 touches, 21 kicks, which is probably a better kick-to-handball ratio than seeds. Uh, seven marks, two tackles. Again, a lot of work, very deep in our D50. Um, 
you know and i think you know i think that was probably part of our problem is that both seedsman and smith were playing very deep for long periods of the game and they're our transition players mac they're our blokes that get it from uh, the defensive 50 arc to the forward 50 arc and unfortunately they were the blokes kicking to the defensive 50 arc from deeper quite often um, and we had no other runners yeah well that's true and look uh, I thought he was outstanding Smith I, in fact I thought he was our best player and um, I I don't know the exact amount of metres he gained but am I right in saying he gained 800 odd metres let me just have a look here Mac 828. I mean, that's elite. Yeah, that, 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 absolutely that, that, elite. Well, and went at 82% I, I, disposal efficiency too, over 27 yeah, touches. So, yeah, yeah, I, I gave him the nod as our best for that reason. I just thought that, you know, he and he did a lot of those balls he got here under a lot of pressure as well. So, better do uh, 82% efficiency and gain that much ground. You know, I thought he yeah. played a great game. But here's a telling stat, Mac. Only three score involvements. Well, he was playing so deep. That's why. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's my entire point. He's gained 800 metres, but only had only been involved in three scores, which means that he was far too deep to be effective. And I reckon Frio would have been quite happy for him to be playing that deep uh, because he's at his most damaging as his seedsman when he's playing, you know, more up around half-back or towards the wing and he's able to, you know, get some penetration into our forward 50. But we're relying on both Seedsman and Smith at the moment to run it out of defence. The bloke that, for me, is missing at the moment is Luke Brown. Um, And I think we're also suffering from uh, a bit of Rob Peter to pay Paul in that we don't have a Rory Laird in the defensive half anymore because he's playing midfield. We don't have a Rory Laird to actually assist in dishing the ball out to our runners at half-back. Uh, McPherson, don't, McPherson doesn't seem to be doing that as yet. He seems to be concentrating on, on lockdown, and that's fair enough. He's a, he's a young player. But Luke Brown is the one. He's He's gone missing, Luke Brown. Um, yeah, he has actually. Yeah. Uh, he... He hasn't been as dominant as he in the past. You know, he's always stood out because he's actually just kept stopping them and stopping them. But uh, yeah. I don't know what his stats were today, but he wasn't very conspicuous today. And the other, other thing is, I thought Mc, it has comment made in the chat, and I totally agree. McPherson has been down this year. He's not playing quite at the same standard as he did when he first came in. I thought he had a good game defensively today, um, but certainly he's not. He's not uh, working, or well, he might be working, but he's not. We're not getting any effectiveness out of him, or any benefit from him, or impact uh, uh, offensively. Um, and that's the problem. You've got and, Luke Brown playing lockdown. Uh, PJ's spot on that. Hamill will eventually help with the rebound, but at the moment, he's having to fend first. He did a couple of times. Yeah. We, saw, we saw a little bit of that. that yeah, we saw a little Probably bit of that did, run. Yeah. Um, from Hamill um, and being proactive. McPherson, when he's close enough to his forward, he can defend really well, but he often gives them too much space and they well, get an easy very mark. Good point. That and was he, my criticism of him today. Mm. Yeah, he needs to just get that little bit closer. He's not as quick as he thinks he is. 
He's actually up against players who are just as quick as he is. So he's got to just tighten up that little space on them. Yeah, instead of giving like five or seven metres, he was giving like 10 to 12, and he just couldn't make those last few metres yeah. up. And... No. Nah. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lockie Shoal had another uh, serviceable game, not not as outstanding, but certainly 15 and 8, uh, a pretty good reward. But I just want to touch on Tommy Doty because I thought um, at times he was he was outstanding down back. 23 disposals, 12 kicks, 11 handballs, 6 marks, 1 tackle. Uh, again, you can see from the tracker there, um, all in the back half pretty much, uh, 86% in defence. He was it. He was outstanding because he was actually, they did target him trying to uh, quell his influence back there. But, gee, I tell you what, he, he is a very courageous player that he goes oh. forward. He, he just puts his body on the line all the time. Yeah, no, he, he is every bit of captain and he leads. And he, by example, he, he's prepared to give everything and put his body on the line. And he takes some outstanding marks. Yeah, oh. He was right up there. He, in the, in the, he just floats through the air. There was one of those contested marks that was coming in, a massive pack, and all of a sudden you just see him and he just kind of floated. And it was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's his. Yeah. Um, Mac, you remember Stephen Copping? I do remember Stephen Copping. Yeah, Galil player. Tom Dode marks like Stephen Copping. Remember, Copping had those long arms and he'd just hang in the oh. air. Oh, you know, I reckon Copping would have been able to scratch his toes standing straight up. He's yep. over that long. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, Dodo's a bit like that. He's very tall in the marking contest. And he, you think he looks exposed, but he's actually not. He just plays very tall. Um, so, look, seven uh, intercept possessions. Um, but, again, only three score involvements. Uh, uh, six marks, one contested. Uh, 18 pressure acts, gained us 360 uh, metres. I was going to say kilometres then. Um, seven rebound 50s, uh, 10 one percenters. Easily for mine in the top three for us this week, Tom Dodo. Had to be. Had to be, yep. Um, now, in terms of who's stunk it up a bit. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, the stinkers, yeah. There were two or three. Well, give me, give me, give me yours, Um Mac? Well, I was mentioned McPherson. I I thought that his game was possibly one of the worst he's played for us. He was, he's not our worst, uh, but uh, I just mentioned because we were, have been talking about it. It was not up to the standard that he can play. I think McAdam easily. No, 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 just, just one. McAdam. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, it's hard being a producer on this goddamn show sometimes, Macca. <laughs> well, you said you wanted one player, McAdam. Yeah, I know. You'd already said Shall McPherson, so I had all the... Hang yeah, on. I'll give you Frampton. Where's bloody... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's talk about... Jesus, you two. <laughs> Let's talk about McAdam, because I agree with you, mate. I was trying to help you. Nah, you all suck. Um, four disposals, all kicks, three marks, four tackles, a kick to goal, which was a gift. Um, you know, didn't venture... Is two... Um, two of his possessions were up around the wing and then only one in the goal square. Um, 75% disposal efficiency from four kicks isn't great. Uh, well, how does that work? He's had four, kicks and, four kicks and four turnovers and gone at 75% disposal efficiency. How does that work? 
Um, <laughs> how does that actually work? I've got that on, on screen, and if anyone wants to tell me how a bloke can have four disposals, all uncontested, and four turnovers, and not be at zero disposal efficiency, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, I can't argue. I, I, I can't help you. I'm not good at math. Well, uh, I'm good at math, but it, doesn't, it just doesn't add up, thing. No, uh, AFL official stats, everyone. Um, yeah, three marks, all uncontested. Only ten pressure acts. Um, let's. I want to see his tackles. Tackles inside fifty, only two. So he really didn't contribute to that reasonable number. Um, yeah. No. Look, the problem that I've got with Mc, or the issue that I've got with McAdam is that he's an X factor player. And there's going to be games where he doesn't have a big impact. And I think with a bloke like that, sometimes you've got to ex- you've got to accept that. The problem is that when you pick two other forwards who are on one leg, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, a bloke like Shane McAdam is going to be exposed. And he was exposed today. His opponent, his opponent played very well. Forget his name, um, Ryan. And- yeah, so... Oh, Ryan, yeah, he played very, very well. So Shane needed... We needed far more output defensively from Shane, and we actually needed him to get up the ground and lead. Um, too much time spent behind, too much time spent speculating uh, with marks. We actually... Ne- it was quite obvious that Tex wasn't explosive on the lead because of his calf. So McAdam had to step up, and... This is the this is where I worry a little bit about Shane because I think at I, I don't know I think he's a very reactive player and I don't know whether he thinks through situations very well. Well, I I don't know about on the ground if he I think if the ball is near me that he's pretty good. Uh but you're saying can he make that happen from a long way out? I don't think so. And well, what I'm uh, saying is, can he, can he be more proactive, Macca? Can he make more space? Instead of just being good when the ball's in his area, can he actually present and lead up and, and you know, take a game by the scruff of the neck? We don't... In a game like today where Tex was down and Lynch was out and Billy was Billy, we needed McCannum to actually take the game by the scruff of the neck up forward and present, and he wasn't. No, well, he, well he, I don't think he works hard enough, quite frankly, to be 100% honest. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if, it, if, he, if he, you know, if he was leading around and running around the place and making leads everywhere, it would make it so much easier for our tools to go one-on-one rather than have packs there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he, so you have to criticise him on that particular score. Um, I mean, even young Roe does that. Roe, yeah, Roe, he gets out the way and usually gets uh, his uh, ball off hands by roaring in and taking it a, Judging where the ball is going to drop, um, but he does, he's not standing right next to the guy at, at the beginning. Whereas McAdam goes with those great big flies from about twenty-seven back, and he's never going to make it, but get, uh, just give away a free kick, and that's just plain bloody stupid, absolutely yeah. stupid. Yeah. And uh, so, therefore, I, I thought from, t- I mean, he was given that goal uh, uh, by Tex. He didn't Tex, yeah, uh, he, but I mean, he nearly stuffed that up as well. It wasn't the greatest of handballs, but he was he kept running, whereas he should have just taken it and propped. But um, no, I, I just think he had he was easily our worst today. He does he doesn't work hard enough. Uh, he's got 
he's, I think he's got skills to boot if he's uh, got the ball one on one and if he worked hard enough to get really wanted it to, wants to get it. But I just don't think it's in him to work hard enough all day every day. Mm, but it needs to be. Uh, there's a there's a young lad called Ben Davis who has uh, been overtaken by McAdam, I think, on potential. Um, but, look, if Shane can't deliver, uh, Ben deserves a run in his spot, in my opinion. Nick? Uh, yeah, for, for me, what we needed out of him, and you're right, Fiend, was he needed to be the one yeah. presenting up. Yeah. Um, because we weren't getting it from the others. Um, and he just, he works quite well close to goal, but it's that up the ground, he's not quite getting to the right positions. And I think that's his ex- inexperience coming mm. through. So they've really got to work on that with him. They do. They do. They need to get him on his bike a bit. Uh, now, Nick, who's who was yours? Frampton. Billy. <clears throat> Yeah, I might take you to task a little bit on this because Frampton played... It was better than last week. Yeah. But when we needed him, he went missing. Well, he needed to kick that goal. That was a shocking kick for goal. Um, He's had 10 touches, 7 kicks, uh, 4 marks, kicked a point. Um, You know, spent a lot of time working up the ground, um, which is good from a work rate perspective, but it just left us even shorter in terms of a target when we went forward because I think when he did work up the ground he didn't have the he didn't have the wheels to get back to be an option. Uh so he was kind of left in no man's land on transition. Um and and, and what I just said about McAdam, he's often when he's working up the ground, wasn't to the best of positions and he didn't work hard enough sometimes to get away from his player or to create the space. Yeah. Yeah, so three turnovers, four uncontested possessions. Um, You know, as I said, he only kicked a point. Uh, It was only involved in two scores, um, two contested marks, uh, only two pressure acts. And see, this is is the problem that we have at the moment. with our tools. We got nothing defensively out of any of our tools. Um, spot on. Absolutely spot on. Lynch, Walker or Frampton gave us nothing defensively. And, you know, because of the manner in which the ball was coming in, that makes them a liability because they weren't going to take marks because they're not clunking markers. And uh, when the ball hits the deck, they're just uh, left to look on, you know. Uh, three hit out, so he didn't have a huge impact in Ruck. Um... So yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably, uh, I'll let you have that one, Nick. Well, my point about Frampton would be is that if we're going to, if Frampton is going to be a regular in our side up forward, we can never expect to be a very good side. That's all I can say because he is not, in my opinion, he's not genuine AFL standard. Yep. Now mine's a toss up between Lynch and Brown, and I'm going to give Lynchy the benefit of the doubt because we know he was injured. Uh, so. I'm going to have a look at Luke Brown. He had 15 disposals, 9 kicks, 6 handballs, 4 marks, 5 tackles. Um, Majority of his possessions in the back 50, uh, a couple across the wing. Um, You know, 5 contested possessions, uh, 4 intercept possessions, uh, 1 score involvement, 4 marks, 18 pressure acts, 295 metres gain. So maybe it wasn't the uh, most terrible game 
you'd ever see from a back pocket. I guess my my issue with Luke at the moment is that he's a two hundred odd game player, isn't he? How many games has Luke Brown played? He would have had to play that, yeah. He would have had to play a couple hundred. And a bloke, we've seen Rory Laird transition into the midfield. Now, Lukey Brown was a standout midfielder as a junior, and I just think I, I just think he can give more. I think he can give more. Now, whether he's been stifled by being a lockdown defender and whether he doesn't have a licence, I'm not sure. But I don't see a lot of overlap run from Luke Brown. Um, I don't see a lot of uh, creative play from Luke Brown. And um, at times, you see him and you're surprised that he's on the ground because you hadn't seen him for 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think he's ever really been a creative player. Uh, I think he's always been... Oh, he used um, to be. Him, him and Lady used yeah. to Him and Lady used to do a lot of overlap running, Mac. Well, fair enough, but I've always just seen him as uh, you'd, you'd put him on their best forward and he'd just gen, uh, genuinely yeah. negate them down to nothing. Yeah. But he, but he used to be able to get away from them as well, and he's one of the best kicks in the team. Yep, 100%. Um, the, the players actually used to, uh, it was a couple of years ago, but when they asked if you had a player from 50 who was kicking for goal to win you the match after the siren, who would you have? And almost unanimously, our team actually picked Luke Brown yep. because he's that beautiful and accurate a kick. Uh, one, of, one of our best passages of play we actually had today involved the defence running through the midfield. And Luke was actually a part of that. And I think he was one of the, the last kicks in to the forward line. But then they had to go back and quite deep in defending again. Um, but I, th- I think you're Right, Fiend, we're not seeing him as proactive. I think this is our theme for this week, proactive. Mm. Um, we, we're just not quite seeing that from him. And, and it, that could be that coming back from the injury. He is that little bit older. Um, he, he did his job in, sh- in shutting down his forward. Yeah. Um, so I, I, didn't, I don't think he was the worst, but I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Jad in the YouTube chat makes, makes the point that I guess that I'm making in, in that Luke Brown is experienced enough to be aggressive uh, with his, and creative with his disposal, and yet you never see Luke Brown take that 45 chiseler. You know what I mean? It's always down the ground or it's always a little sideways park, same as Jake Kelly. You know, the two of them, they will not take a risk. And now, Jake Kelly, I don't mind because he hasn't got the skills. But Luke Brown does have the skills, or he did have the skills. And we need a bloke like him. With McPherson being new, um, you know, we need a bloke like Luke Brown to take the game on a little bit more. And if that means that he's a little bit looser on his player, I still think that there's there's um, other players that could take small... Uh, forwards in our team, but we need a bloke of his experience to take the game on a little bit more, in my opinion. And that's probably why I've got him. It's probably a bit of a rising star in reverse syndrome because I haven't been impressed with Luke all season. So I guess it's just an amalgamation of five rounds now. It'll give him the waning star thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly didn't play, right. He didn't play all of those five rounds, by the I way. Don't, I don't care. I don't care. Um, it, it, 
It's his story. <laughs> and I'm I'm sticking to it. Um, of the rest, uh, look, you know, I, we won't go through any more. But I thought uh, Jake Kelly was very average, even though he got 19 touches. Um, I, Geordie, but you got sorry, go on. Sorry, you got to mention with uh, Jake Kelly though. In that forward, I mean, about 35, 40 meters out from goal, and instead of having a shot for goal, he kicks across uh, absolutely parallel to the goal straight to the opposition and away it goes. I could not believe it. It's his one chance in life to have a shot for goal and he shit himself. Um, Harry Schomburg, I thought, was a bit sloppy today. Um, it wasn't his usual... Uh, um, wasn't his usual silky self. Do you agree with that? He was uh, still making... Um still making that space that he can do. But, yeah, I think because it was such a tighter contested game, um, that was causing him a few little issues of trying to create a, a bit more of that space. I mean, Matty J, you know, he still had some good moments. Mm. But uh, I agree, it wasn't as clean as we've seen him. No, five turnovers and uh, missed a few targets. Um had a little bit more time in the midfield and yet didn't really figure in the steer in the clearance stats to any great degree, um, even though he spent a lot of his time through that middle half of the ground or the middle third of the ground, I should say, um, between half-back and half-forward. So you would expect that he should have figured higher in stoppage and, and uh, stoppage clearances, etc. So he probably is still feeling his way in that regard, but it'll be good when he can get more involved at stoppage, particularly while Sloan is out, I think. Yeah, look, he's still learning the game too because he hasn't had that that many games at AFL. Yeah. So I still think he's going to develop into a very good player. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it, Mac. Uh, we're just talking about this individual game. Look, I think, uh, and anyone that's uh, sitting in the stage audience at the moment, if you do have an opinion on any of those players or any other player, uh, stick your hand up and um, tell us what you think. Um, look, as I, I think as a general comment, I think we're just at the end of a run. I think we've been up for quite some time, and that includes the end of last season. Well, what if we, we're seven out of the last, what, 10 or 11 now? Which isn't a bad run from a team that's in our position, list-wise. Yeah. No, I, I think we've done pretty well. Uh, I didn't think we'd probably be as good as this because I didn't expect to win the first one. Um, you know, I've always thought if we win six to eight games this, this year, we've done very well. And I think we're still probably tracking for that, Mac. I think we're seeing the first signs of fatigue um, and not so much in terms of aerobic fatigue, but in terms of um, niggles and and soreness and that sort of stuff. They're a young group. um, And, uh, you know, amongst that young group, we've also got some quite senior players, as we've spoken about before. There's that real dip in the middle. So... Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Nick's manages it. Uh, it certainly publicly, he's uh, doing the old back the boys in, which really annoys me. Um, but uh, I'd like to see a few changes next week. I think um, certainly from my perspective, uh, Elliot Himmelberg needs to come in. Now, whether that's for Billy Frampton or whether that's for Tex, not sure. 
Uh, well, it depends on how uh, text, how fit he is. I mean, I saw his calf was wrapped up very tightly, and um, you got to, got to think that maybe he should have a week off. But um, okay, you know as well as I do, calves like... calves are three. Yes, it did. It did stop him from jumping. He was going up one handed again, Nick. Yeah. Uh, that one in the first quarter, that wasn't he, one handed. Well, that, was bef- that was before he started to tighten up. He probably yeah, had a nice tight- little jab beforehand. He tightened up in the third quarter, Nick. So that was before that. Um, I'll tell you one player who won't be coming in next week, and that's Chase Jones. Three disposals in, in the sandfall. Yeah. This, this kid, how can we've got it so wrong? Or how can, what's happened to this kid? Well, I rather not talk about Chase because uh, I think he's got some stuff to work through and he probably doesn't need any more heat, to be honest, Mac. Um, okay. But um, uh, there's not a lot else pushing through, though, really, um, because the the players that we do have uh, ready to push through from the twos uh, are, are young, so they're not really going to add anything to the team, you wouldn't think. Um you know, we've got a few injured players like Talia and that to come in. But in terms of midfield strength, I think what you see is what you get. And uh, it shows that we are still quite thin until we get 50 games into these lads. And so I'm quite keen to see blokes like Pedler come in just so that we can get some games into them. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. I, you know, there's, there's probably there's two or three there that probably we should uh, give games to. Uh, throughout the year, and I'm not saying this is every next week, but Pedler's one, New Church is another, Moral is another, Hately. That they should be part of the future, you'd hope. Yeah, well, Worrell, Worrell need and like even even Borlace, you know, I wouldn't. Borlace, yeah, I forgot him. Yeah, he's going to be good. Yeah, wouldn't mind seeing what he's got to offer too. Um, so you know, there's a bit there, but I think. You know, we've seen over the last few years Gold Coast get off to flyers and then fall in a heap, and I think our season might be similar um, because we we just don't have enough quality players to to be able to maintain our form. I think we'll be quite serviceable in parts, but I think we're actually going to be heading into a, a lean period over the next four to six weeks, to be honest. That's my feel. Well, we've got some games coming up against top teams too after the next couple of weeks, and I think then that's really going to be when we exactly. get a few, we'll get a few buildings in those games. Well, and team, sorry, and Nick, just to on. add to your fatigue kind of comment, I think there's also a little bit of mental fatigue. Oh, because, no doubt. Yeah, because what we've seen from the team and what we've kind of lauded with what they've done is that they've stayed in games yep. and, you know, fighting to the end and, and acknowledging that this is a young group overall, that that also does take a bit out of you mentally. Uh, 100%. 100%, Nick. Um, I don't disagree with that at all. And, I, you know, I, I think we've exceeded expectations in the first half of, uh, well, in the first five rounds. Um, and whilst people might be a bit disappointed because we now seem to be shuffling back to the pack, I think what we've been able to see in these first four or five rounds is a glimpse of the future. So a glimpse of players when they're fully fit and, um, you know, running on top of the ground. We've seen what they can offer, um, but we know that the AFL season is a grind and uh, there's nothing like 50 games under in your legs to get that base fitness. And a lot of these lads just don't have that yet. 
Um, and until they do, I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, as Mac pointed out with the uh, upcoming fixtures, I think it might be a little bit tough going over the next four weeks. Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, now, the uh, the audience is strangely quiet, but that's okay. Um if you do have anything to say in the audience or if you're in the chat at the moment and you want to have something to say, jump into the uh, into the rap stage. Uh, if you're in the audience there, all you've got to do is click on the hand button and uh, we'll invite you in to have a chat. But uh, who have we got next week? Hawthorne, Tasmania. So now the way, that, the way the Hawks have been tracking, on the surface you would say that that's a bit of a win. Uh, but two things figure against us, I think. One is uh, the fatigue issue that we just spoke about, uh, but second is bloody Tasmania. Oh, well, there's no doubt about that. The other thing is uh, Alistair Clarkson as well. He, um, I, I actually saw that uh, that game and uh, a fair bit of that game, and uh, Hawthorne really, really, really took, took it up to Melbourne for a long, long time. And, and Melbourne are going to be a very... They are a very good side. You know, I think the two good... Two sides have really impressed me at the moment are the Bulldogs and Melbourne. And and uh, Hawthorne was very, very good for the first half, uh, a bit like ourselves, started to fade in the third quarter and, then, and you know, in the end just uh, not in it. But uh, I think it'll be uh, two teams of pretty pretty much the same standard, although theirs is uh, got a lot of tired, tired older players and we've got a... Uh, quite a few, not quite the uh, younger players. So it'll be an interesting game. And I think that uh, I would think if I had to go for a selection, I'd say Hawthorne will beat us. Nick, what do you reckon? I, th- I think it's it's the problem is that bloody down in Tassie. Um, I think if it was in Melbourne, we'd be a much greater chance. But I think just being down in Tassie, just seeing how little tired we are, and if there aren't changes made, then I think that's the issue. Um, I agree that Himmelberg needs to come in, but if that doesn't happen, it's definitely a Hawthorne win. Yeah. I think I they have... win Sorry, Clayton, go ahead. No, I don't want to interrupt you, mate. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it, mate. We've moved on. Um, Look, I think... I don't think we actually have the cattle for Hawthorne this week. And I think um, Tassie being Tassie, um, it's a bit of a pain in the ass trip from Adelaide because it's two flights. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Will we bring Chase Jones in? Oh, God. on the back of his three, t- <laughs> on the back of his three touches. Um, but yeah, no, look, um, I think it'll be a bit of a dour contest. Hawks, Hawks aren't scoring highly at the moment. Uh, they seem to be struggling to put big scores on the board. Um, so I think Clarkson will try to shut it down. To be honest, yeah, and they've, they've got a couple of good midf- midfielders in uh, Mitchell and Wall. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the young bloke with the blonde hair. I can't remember his bloody name, but. Uh, Warple, yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's a good lad. Yeah, and they they are good ball getters. Um, but I, you know, I just think that they're just a little bit more hardened than us. And I know they've got a couple of young players in there, but 
I just think, is you know, the travel, uh, going down to Tassie, I just don't think we're just going to be good enough to take this one out. I agree. I agree. Now, Nikki. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the unfortunate loss um, uh, by the Adelaide Crows women's team going down to Brisbane by a couple of goals. Oh, what was it, about three goals in the end, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, when we only scored like three goals ourselves, that's not good. Mm. So tell us all about it. Um, half the team didn't turn up to play, basically. Um, that's the way it looked at the ground. I was a little worried uh, when they were doing the warm-up and they were, like, running towards the crowd. The crowd's done a big cheer, you know, support them. And a couple of the girls, you know, started clapping and, like, thumbs up back at the crowd. And I'm like, get your head in the game. And that was before it started. And I think that was kind of showed through. Mm. Um do wonder whether we'd play that grand final the week before against Melbourne because Melbourne's one team we've really struggled against and I think it looked like that took a lot out of our game. Mm. Um, I'll give some kudos though to Eloise Jones, Sarah Allen, Stevie Lee, um, Ange Foley, which unfortunately has now been confirmed she has ruptured her ACL. Mm. Um, who else was, uh, Hatchard tried, but they were tagging her quite tightly and she wasn't getting support from the rest of the midfield. She still played well though. Yeah, she did. Um, and that was kind of about it maybe. Um, the rest of them seemed like that they'd, um, they were trying too much instead of just getting it on the bloody boot and kicking it. They were trying to break tackles. Now, I love Chloe Shear. absolutely love Chloe Shear and her talent, but she thought she had so much time and what she could do, get around. And often I know how fast she can dispose of it, and then she didn't. She just tried to make it an easier kick and get around, and, of course, they got caught every time. Uh, the fact that, though, out of the five grand finals we've had, we've made three of them. You know, bloody well done to our club for doing that. Um, I do understand how Brisbane Lions fans felt after the second grand final because there was some very interesting umpiring. Um, And I did see a a comment you'd made on Twitter, Fiend. Uh, The fix was in. Oh, my God, was it. Um. Yeah, I think that the problem we've also got was we really shouldn't have played Phillips. She should no. have been rested a couple of weeks ago. Um, but she was a massive, massive liability. Yeah, you're dead right. Well, she was a liability, and Chelsea Randall was a big loss. Um, oh, she's a massive loss. But you know, the the one thing about our team has been like for other teams, they'd lose a player like Randall, and normally that means it's the death knell for that team. That hasn't quite been the case for our AFLW team. And and the other thing that I looked at is that we're actually quite a young team. We don't have too many older players, but I think... Oh, I think most um, teams like that, though. 
Yeah. Oh, I, most most no, teams I, like that. Look, I think, Nick, to be perfectly honest with you, what I saw from the game was a, a tired Adelaide and a frenetic yeah, Brisbane. A frenetic Brisbane that were not going to die wondering. They, their their no. defence, their pressure on the ball carrier uh, and their ability to crowd the contest and force turnovers was amazing. It was amazing. And... Um, I think our girls actually did well to withstand it for as long as they did, uh, given that uh, they didn't look their best and they looked a little bit, as you mentioned, maybe one game too many. Um, but uh, the only way we're going to... I thought to myself at halftime, the only way we're going to win that is if Brisbane's intensity dropped off and it, yeah. didn't, it didn't drop off. And as a consequence, um, I think it was inevitable... Um, that they overran us. They got I their chances. Think, yeah, I just don't think we had the legs. Yeah, the other thing too that I, the Adelaide's got four match winners, and uh, Chelsea Randall didn't play. Uh, Phillips could barely walk, and the two that were uh, in tip-top form previously, Ebony Marinoff and uh, Hatchard, they tagged the living daylights out of them, which meant that the four. Uh, components of the of the engine that, that drives the bloody team, uh, they just weren't there. So and yeah. that meant, that, and the fringe players just couldn't do it on their own. So uh, I thought the the coach of uh, Brisbane, um, yeah, I thought he did a great job in, in just new, neutralising any chance that Adelaide had. Once, once when I saw that you know Marinoff was being, uh, she was being totally neutralised by heavy tagging and. Hatchard, to her credit, kept getting kicks even though she was, had players hanging off her everywhere. But, you know, Phillips could barely walk and uh, no Chelsea Randall. No, we didn't have a chance. Yeah, and, and Surfers actually, you know, he's great point. The Brisbane were hungry than us and they wanted it more. And they've had some two absolutely devastating grand final losses. And so you can understand where where that desire was coming from. Yeah. Um. But the other point that they'd made earlier was about Ash Woodland. And whilst we've we've heard a lot of people raving about it, I've always, watching her, I've always had an issue is because she's come from as a defender, she still plays like a defender up forward. She doesn't react naturally to the play that's happening and instinctively. And she's got some really great weapons. So I hope that working through the season, this year that they actually do get her to play a few more games, um, probably at the lower levels, et cetera. But she needs to learn how to work as a forward and bring in that um, natural instinct of, A, get in front of your defender, react as soon as we get the ball and not wait a little bit. So she kept getting caught behind. When we were actually getting the ball, we, we had so many inside 50s, so many inside 50s. But this is what's been our issue all year is we're not converting the number of the ones that we're actually getting in there. As soon as we do, it, as soon as we can fix that up, we're going to be very hard to stop. Yeah, but it looks like, need, it looks like we actually um, we need another marking player, in my opinion, up forward. Um, yeah. Well, we just Montana McKinnon at- hasn't played this year. Now, she was our top pick. Last year, she—if it wasn't a restricted um, draft, 
I think there would have been a number of other teams that would have been very, very interested in her because she absolutely clunks it. But with Metcalf coming back and Gould playing well, that's kind of kept her out. And I just wonder whether we needed to possibly use her up forward because she's a lovely tall player and she literally marks anything that comes her way. I agree. Well, look, it was a good season anyway uh, by the girls. Um, yeah. And to make another grand final. Uh, look, and let's be honest, everyone was against her. The media was all on the Brisbane train, the hype train, uh, yeah. all week. Yeah. Uh, the umpires were on the Brisbane train at, at least early in the game. Oh, um, they God. Certainly... I, I, lo- I love the moment where Brisbane stopped, we stopped... Because we all knew a free was about to be paid, and then they all looked at the umpire going, why haven't you bought the whistle? And he's just standing there like, what? What am I going to do? Because quite honestly, if they're going to do in the AFLW like they do in the AFL men's grand final of you want the play to flow, then guess what? You bounce the ball, you signal for a goal or a point, and that's it. You, you, You might pay a mark, but don't pay any other frees. But unfortunately, what they did was they only paid some freeze, sometimes. Oh well, and Nick. That's what gets everybody frustrated. Never mind. Uh, it was good, a good effort to make another GF, and uh, I'm sure the girls will bounce back again next year. I wouldn't mind betting that Erin retires. Um, you know, she yeah, did th- mention that she, she was coming on age. 36. Um, so uh, yeah. that might be it. Although you know, there didn't seem to be any sort of <laughs> indication that that was like she didn't. They didn't clap her off or anything like that. So she should. No, I think um, both of her knees are sore. pretty cooked. And speaking of knees, it, it, it was yeah, terrible to see much. our captain go down. Um, oh, with, and with she's an had ACL. an outstanding year. Yeah, that was that was a shame. And for both captains to go down in five minutes, that was terrible. Um, oh, so, uh, yeah. When yeah. I saw um, Emma sitting on the bench and tears in her eyes, I'm just like, oh. No, I mean, that wasn't so – because she's been a great player um, since the start of this league. But I'd also like to say thank you to the LA Football Club for paying for my tickets for the whole year. What up? Oh, that's nice of them. Well, yeah, they did that oh. because the AFL brought in the paid tickets after everybody had set their membership and people had paid for their membership. So yeah. thank you to the LA Football Club for supporting um, all the members in that way. Good on you, Chris. And, inclu- and that included all the final series as well. Very good. Well, look, lady and gentlemen, I think that may well have done us for the day. Um, a disappointing round for both men and women, uh, but not a disappointing round for the Crowcast, Macca, because we've got a new innovation, and I know you were grumpy about it, and you came on and you were shitty, and that's fine. Um, we missed you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. But look, um, thank you to um, Maddie and PJ and Razor and Tommy and J Mac who uh, who got in the audience, and for PJ and um, Kempy uh, for having a bit to say. Uh, I think what we might actually do next week, guys, what do you reckon? We might actually open up the uh, floor for a five-minute uh, listeners forum. That might become a new segment. We'll have to think that one through. What do you reckon? We, we we might have to find out beforehand what, what the forum I don't know. Like. That's fine. I can always bloody mute them anyway, so that's no dramas. <laughs> <laughs> PJ says you've got a range of meat, Trey. Right? 
<laughs> All right. Well, look. Uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us on the chat. Oh, everyone, love love a good meat tray. Thanks, Nick. It's my outro now. Shut up. <laughs> thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord. Everyone who's joined us on uh, YouTube and Twitch. Uh, don't forget um, if you want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. And Nikki, Maka, ladies and gentlemen, I think that might be it. What do you reckon? Yep, I think that's a sign off time. Very good. Night all. Night all. Good night all. <laughs>